Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives, inspiring Christ followers to join Jesus in his mission in their everyday lives. Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives. I'm Michael Brewer, and this is John Whaley. John, it's good to see you today, brother. Good to see you too, my friend. We're going to have a fun time. Amen. This, this is this is special today. It really is. And, and we're glad you've joined John and myself for Rooftop Perspectives. We have a, a, a very focused goal each week, and that's to encourage you and to inspire you to join Jesus in his mission in your everyday life. We do that through uh, stories of special guests and reports and things about how God's moving across the nation. John? Amen. Today is a special day, Michael, because um, just um, a few weeks ago, from the time we recorded this interview, I was with our founder, international pioneer Dennis Peathers up in Michigan. We were together with Life Action for their Seek Week, which is their week of inspiration and revival for all their staff and revival teams before they begin a season of traveling across America and leading revival summits. And so while we were there, um, I sat down with Dennis just to have a conversation about where the rooftop has come from, where the rooftop is now, some of the challenges we're facing, some of the enormous opportunities that God has given us across um, the nations. And so this is a conversation we just had um, sitting there at the Life Action Lodge and just talking about life and the ministry and talking about what God is doing in the church today as well. So we encourage you to um, sit back and enjoy this conversation um, with Dennis as we um, just talk about the rooftop, as we partner with Christians literally all over the world and inspire people to join Jesus in his mission every single day. Sit back and enjoy this conversation. Well, Dennis, it is good to have you back on Rooftop Perspectives. In a very different setting because we're both together in Michigan in this um, my country lodge. The country lodge, yes, yes, the, the rooftop country lodge, which is really the life action lodge that they um, allow us to, um, you know, be be at when we ever we're here with life action. And you know, for those that are listening and watching, I mean, we just finished up this incredible week called Seek Week, where they just spend time seeking the Lord, and, and really, I think it's for them a, a recalibration of their, just yes. recalibrating before a new season begins, and um, what an incredible week as God spoke through you, and spoke through the music, and and, and, and through me, and um, and then, you know, some of the amazing conversations we had with leaders and, and, and team members, which is exciting for those that are watching that are not aware of Life Action you know, all of their team members are like 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And I don't know about you, but I, I get refreshed when I'm around those, those that age group. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, so much energy, isn't it? Passion, oh, there, so much energy and passion, and in many ways, uh, a greater understanding than many of us in the church today of what being on mission looks like for Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, as we sit here, it's amazing. We're only like a month or two away from nine years. October 1st, 2014 was mm. when we officially launched the Rooftop International. Was it? Wow. And it's hard to believe that, you know, um, it's we're hitting, 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 you know, Rebecca began our 10th year wow. together. And together, because you and I, 
you know, it, it seems like yesterday we had that, that first Zoom meeting mm -hmm. with you and, and, and it was me and Chris Takana, who's still with us in South Africa. And at that time we had Nathan, this young guy down in Australia. Yes. Um, and, and a lot's happened. Boy, a lot has happened in nine years. God has taken us to some amazing places from that first meeting with the four of us. Mm. And of course, um, our good friend Alan Paddle was part of that beginning and kind of behind the scenes helping us start to make things happen. So where where has God taken us? I mean, give us kind of an overview yeah, sure. of what's happened in the past nine years yeah. from where we were to where we are now. And now we're becoming a double-digit ministry. We are. Ten dot nine. <laughs> it's funny you say Zoom. It wasn't Zoom. It was Skype back in those days. Oh, it was Skype, wasn't yeah. it? There were days before Zoom. Just That's before. right. There were days before Zoom. Yeah. yeah, it's been amazing, John. Some people will know some of it because they've seen it, but it's just been a, a story of God's sovereignty, I think. Oh, God yeah. opening doors mm -hmm. and so many, I think you Americans call them happenstances, don't you? Yes. Where things just happen where people have connected with people and people say, yeah, over the last nine years since since then, we're not in four countries now. We're probably, it's, it's difficult to be exact because I don't want to overdo it mm -hmm. because there are some countries where there are very small presence, some where have a huge presence. Yeah. But it's certainly over 60 countries now where the rooftop has got a realistic presence in some way or another. Um, and we're seeing great things happen. Uh, we, we've now got, we're, for example, we're now in nine regions around the world. We've got regional leaders in place in East Asia, in South Asia, Africa, three across Africa, Europe, and then the Americas as well. And so it's been a remarkable story of development and growth and expansion. We have multiple national pioneers and regional coordinators and local ambassadors. We've our guys are often out equipping the church, they have conferences. Mm -hmm. um, often hundreds of people turn up to these leaders to be equipped. And what we're hearing in that, which is what excites me, because all the numbers are only numbers, really. What really I love is the growing sense of an acceptance that we've got to get back to what Jesus wants us to do, which is join him in his mission. Exactly. So when I hear lots of our pioneers and team people saying they've just been leading this two or three day discipleship conference and the overwhelming response is pastors and leaders and bishops and apostles and prophets often in Africa they're saying I'm going to realign my whole ministry around this mm -hmm. because I recognize that what we've been doing has been our mission asking Jesus to join us and we need to be about joining Jesus in his mission so the growth has been huge um, I'm really staggered frequently by just how God has done it and continues to do it. And it's not stopping there. Uh, already in the countries we are, they're beginning to look outside and see other countries and other countries and other countries coming on board. So, yeah, staggering God-sized growth, I think, is probably what's taken place in the last nine years. It is. It is staggering. I think that we first had that Skype meeting <laughs> in 2014. Skype. Skype. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think any of us were even thinking about within 10 years, God would have us anywhere near 50, 60, 70 plus countries, you know, working. And, and what's exciting is, I love the stories, and this happens so many times in Africa, especially, the stories when people have these rooftop encounters where, where they look out over their city and say, God, give us that fresh vision of your heart. And I know, I know one of our pioneers in Africa, they went from the encounter right to going to the street mm -hmm. and sharing the gospel and leading, leading people to Jesus. Oh, they do it all the time. And they do it all the time. And, 
And, and again, is that, that wonderful word you like to use so often, that paradigm shift, mm-hmm. begins to take place. And even in, in North America, as we've had these encounters with mm-hmm. pastors, and you have too, you know, we, we hear that same thing even in North America context of, of I've never prayed over my city like this. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've asked God to give me his eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and I need to go back and start doing ministry differently. Yes. Because they're beginning to understand this this is what it looks like to truly join Jesus in his mission. And, and I think the thing, John, which is really key, mm-hmm. is, and I don't say this to be unkind about the church, because I love Jesus' church. Yes. But I think the reason for that is because the church has become so used to focusing on itself. That's where the attention, that's where the, the thing is. And so when... When the message comes along of let's look at our city in a different way Let, let's look at what jesus is doing and say how do we join him in his mission and let's make our emphasis let's make our focus those that jesus came to seek and to save the lost when we when, when the church does that or a group of churches often just do that that's the shift and then when, when they then go out to share jesus it's not out of a sense of recruiting people for their church or a sense of obligation it's recognizing jesus is out among these people already working and they're going to join what he's doing and that's what excites me the most because that to me is biblical disciple making christianity and that's the kind of christianity that's going to change the world if the church just continues to to do its weekly worship service or some would unkindly say performance or whatever it is and just do that and wait for people to come along then i think what we'll see is a continuation of what we've been seeing for too long which is Mm -hmm. Most churches have become quite accustomed with decline, or at least just about holding where they are. I was talking with a guy just a moment ago on the telephone who said that in the association, he's in an association in the United States, of the churches that are in that association, all of them bar two, their main mission objective is to keep their lights on for as long as they can. Mm. And that's true across so many parts of the United States. And in different ways, they might not use those same words, but the same sense. There's many in many countries where that same thing is happening. The church at best is just about holding its ground. Mm. And that's crazy because we follow, we serve, we love the God of the universe who creates the universe, who has the power to change everything. And I think he can and will and wants to, but he somehow in his great mysterious will wants that to happen as we join in with what he's doing. And that opportunity is before all of us. And that's what the rooftop is seeking to encourage and inspire and equip the church to do to step out into where Jesus is at work and then discover the power he has to change their city. Amen. And that, and that, and that really helps, that kind of like really leads into the next next mm. question I'm going to ask you. I did well then, didn't you? Yes, you did. Because so many times I know pastors ask me, and I know you've heard it, mm. because you know I, I pastored for 21 years. So every day you're getting across your desk all these different ministries that are saying, hey, we'd love to do this, da 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 da. Now I have pastor to ask me, you know, what, what makes the rooftop different or, mm-hmm. or, or unique from these other discipleship and evangelism ministries that are inviting me to be a part of what they're doing and to come to my church? I know what my answer normally is, but I'd love to hear your response to that question of what makes us distinct. Yeah, I think it's sad. In a way, John, it's sad when I give this answer. Mm-hmm. Because and this can be misunderstood. So yeah. but what makes us distinct is that we actually do it the way the Bible says it should be done. 
Mm. And that's why I say that carefully, because that sounds like I'm suddenly saying the church has got everything wrong. I'm not wanting to say that at all. What I mean by that is that the church has often made evangelism a project. And so many evangelistic initiatives are a new way of somehow presenting the same truth, the gospel. Now, I'm absolutely committed to the truth of the gospel. But I think where the root of has a distinctive is that we recognise that Jesus never actually told us to go and do evangelism. He told us to make disciples. And, and, and discipleship, because of the way the church often understands evangelism, we go out to do that. But then discipleship is what we do to people once they've been evangelised and become a Christian. What it often means is that discipleship happens in the church. It happens on a campus, in a, mm-hmm. a Sunday worship service, or a Sunday school class, or a Bible school, or whatever, Bible class, whatever it is. They even call them discipleship groups in some churches, or life groups, whatever. But it's all happening on campus, and it's all happening in a safe environment here. And in a way, it's kind of giving the impression that if we want to become holy and live the Jesus life, we do that by separating ourselves from the world. We, we, we distance ourselves from the, the drinkers and the, and the alcoholics and the, the, all those people there. Because yeah. we don't want to associate with them because we're becoming holy. This is the crazy. <laughs> the Jesus that we say we want to become like, that's where he spent that's his time. That's all of his time. He was there. Most of his time. So if we want to become like Jesus, who was clearly holy, he was God in the flesh, so he's God the Son, I often say that people say the Son of God, yes, but a better description is not the Son of God, it's God the Son. He is mm-hmm. God the Son. God the Son is holy, and yet the holy God the Son spent almost all of his time among people that often churches would disassociate themselves from. Exactly. So, so what makes us distinct, if that's the right word, is that our emphasis is on saying to the church, Evangelism is actually a part of disciple-making. Evangelism is sharing the evangel, which means good news. That's what it is. But the real thing Jesus commanded us to do is to go and make disciples. As he had made disciples, and he made those disciples in the public places where people were, and he said, go and do the same. So our whole emphasis is how do we inspire and equip the church? And by the church, we mean people, not institutions or places. How do we inspire and encourage the church to become disciples who recognise that a disciple is a follower of Jesus? And read if we read the Bible, you can't get away from this. A follower of Jesus will be joining Jesus in his mission. That's what Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. In other words, join me in that great adventure of redeeming the world to God. Mm-hmm. And that is something which every Christian, every follower of Jesus, is a part of. Here's what breaks my heart. So many Christians think, oh, that's far too difficult for me. You know, I could never do that. So they just go to church every week and they think if they just do that, then they're being a good Christian. Well, they maybe they are, but they're missing the whole point. Yeah. And not, not missing the point in the sense that <laughs> that's a good thing, missing it. They're missing the great adventure exactly. of seeing what, what God can do. And when, when you do step out and you begin to see God changing lives and miracles beginning to happen in little and big and all sorts of things, and you see that God has got the power to actually change people and change cities, that makes worshipping God and spending time in prayer so much more meaningful than just doing it week after week after week because, because that's what we do. So that's mm-hmm. what, in a sense, that's what makes us... Other ministers are doing that too, but I think that, that is a strong distinctive of the rooftop. It's all about an emphasis on 
disciples making disciples who make disciples expansively and not focusing just on what happens inside the walls of the church but focusing primarily on what happens outside yeah that, i think that's that's a critical distinctive i know a lot of times all, all of us have wanted pastors because i know when i first heard you speak in 2011 yeah um the thing that that as a pastor that that just stood out to me when you started sharing the rooftop vision was the, the that entire aspect of the what we now call the rooftop encounter mm. because i think so often we as pastors we, we become so guilty of leading people into we want to teach you how to share your faith mm. without that first step of we want to lead you to see your neighborhood like jesus yeah. sees it yeah. and, and when you began sharing the story of acts 10 and you began sharing about what I believe at that time you were calling rooftop experience. And you know, that just for me that was also a very distinct because in being a pastor, I was constantly being exposed to evangelism, discipleship ministries, but all it was was about a class yeah. and equipping you to go out, and then you would do that, but nobody would go out. Yeah. <laughs> they would all they would say, Well, I know how to do it, but they wouldn't do it. And that goes back, we could have a whole conversation about the do why they weren't doing it because yeah. we weren't showing them how to do yeah, it. Yeah. But but I think, man, that really stood out to me. I think that extra step of taking time for people to look out over their city, because again, we, we hear this all the time. People say, I've never prayed for my city yeah, this way. Yeah, yeah. And to begin yeah. to really say, God, give me your heart for these people around me. Mm. Because you both of us know that when that shift happens, yeah. everything changes. Because now that that person out there that I would consider unclean that I don't want anything to do with, now we see that person say that's a person made in the image of God who needs a savior. Yeah. And uh, but I, I think yeah, that's that, that's critical. It is, and that's remind you remind me that's really how, how the rooftop began. It was me recognizing that there's so many resources available for the church mm -hmm. to equip people to share their faith, but the challenge is not that the resources aren't good. The challenge is that the people aren't willing. Yes. Um, when I say willing, I mean they haven't got a passion for it. They they don't long to take the good news. Some do, but most don't. And so my sins, well, that's why when God led me to Acts 10, people on the rooftop, it struck such a chord with me because that was the problem for Peter. Mm. He didn't have any passion for the Gentiles. He saw them as those that he should stay away from. They made him unclean. And God had a problem to fix. How is, how is the world going to hear if all the Christians at the beginning were all Jews who didn't associate with Gentiles? How would he ever get to the Gentiles? <laughs> exactly. And what struck me, John, you know this, but was that I felt in such a deep way that largely, not completely, but largely the church was very much like Peter before he went to the rooftop. They, they didn't have a passion and longing to reach. Church growth for them is more people like us coming to our building, nice, decent, good people who come and bring gifts and skills and money and make our church bigger. But the, the mission of Jesus is not that. The mission of Jesus is to go to these people who are not nice. There's a, some of you may have heard of a guy called Tony Campolo. He's a, he used to be a big speaker mm -hmm. a number of years yes. ago. I remember, I remember heard him, I heard him speak once somewhere in the world. And he just put it so bluntly. He just said, he said, he said lost people are rotten quite often. They're, they're, they're not nice people that you want to have around for dinner. That's the very point. That's why we need to go reach them. <laughs> if, we, if we just go reach the nice people, Jesus didn't just reach the nice people. You know, he, he, he reached some pretty difficult people. And, 
And that's what the church should be about. But we've, we've made the church so often into such a neat, nice place to be. We try to make it such a, a good experience to come to church. That excludes so many people. And it also takes the desire away from those that come to reach these not so nice people. Because if, if they become part of our thing, they might, mm-hmm. might spoil the party. They might. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. And that's where, for me, the, the encounter is it now. Is it? And you talked about distinctive. I think... A, something about the encounter which is pretty distinctive, and you hinted at this, but, mm-hmm. but I think where it's different from many, and I'm not saying other prayer gatherings are wrong at all, but so many of them, their emphasis is they come, they gather and they pray for the city, or they, they ask God to love the city or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Okay, my view on that is that I don't think we have to persuade God to come to the city, he's already in the city. Yeah. And nor do we need to persuade God to love it, because he loves it so much. John 3, 16, where everyone knows that scripture is a Christian, God so loved the world. And the, my favourite word in that is the so. God doesn't vaguely, reluctantly love the world. He so loves the world. And, and I think that so loving the world is what should drive us. And, and, and I think that when, when we gather on rooftops... We don't try to persuade God to come to a city and love it. We recognise he's already in it and loving it and asking us to join him mm-hmm. where he already is. So the prayer is not so much for the city, the prayer is for those that are gathered. Exactly. It's a bit like Luke 10, you know, where Jesus said, the fields are white and harvest, pray the Lord will send workers into his harvest field. And then the very first word in Luke 10, 3 is go. And what Jesus is really saying is, the prayer you need to pray is a prayer that will make you willing to join me in my mission to go into that harvest field. So don't be asking God to do it instead of you mm-hmm. or to send somebody else. <laughs> Ask God to break your heart with what breaks you so that you'll be willing to do the tough thing of stepping outside of the comfort into the world. But in the doing of that, you'll actually discover something you never dreamed of, really, which is that God has got the power to use you in ways that you never imagined. Mm. And that's not just individuals, that's as communities, as churches exactly. together. And once they taste that, once they experience that, everything changes. Oh, yeah. Because then, then it, it, the way I often say it is people realize then it goes from this is something I've always felt like I have to do, now I get to do it. Yeah. I get to wake up every day and yeah. I get to join Jesus in what he's doing. And look forward to it. And, and I look forward to looking for those opportunities. Yeah. Like we've had, even here, yeah. you know, with servers and restaurants yeah. and, yeah. you know, where we we didn't have to, but we got to and it's engage. And it's exciting. Yeah. You know, we yeah. had a phenomenal conversation last night with a, with a server and got to pray with her for an hour. Yeah. It was actually, I think, the owner of the restaurant, yeah. and, or at least the manager of the restaurant. Yeah. And it was just an amazing conversation. You know, as we as we head to this 10th year, though, there's, there's a statement you made on a call several weeks ago. I hate ago. it when people say that. Yeah. But I wrote it down because I've oh, used no, it. I've, I've used it so many times. <laughs> yeah. But the, the quote was, you said, the rooftop is at a place of enormous opportunities and significant challenges. Yes. Yeah. Expanding that, what do you mean yeah. by that? Well, the enormous opportunity is, as I said, we're in that, now in over 60 countries. We're aiming to be 100. That's what we felt God had given us. Mm-hmm. And remarkably, we're getting, we're getting there. You know, we're, we're on the way. That wouldn't be a huge thing to reach from where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just in those countries, but we're seeing more growth, more momentum building, more people wanting to become part of what we're doing. Um, 
And so that's the enormous potential, this opportunity. That's, that, it's there. We, we, we could, and I believe will, but it's subject to God, but we could, we could literally see a, a, a significant global movement which, which shifts the paradigm. I believe that. I say that in humility. I always say that carefully. So I don't want anyone to think that Dennis Perlis thinks he's anything great because I'm not. But, but I do genuinely believe that God has put us into a place of enormously significant possibility where we could see tens and tens of thousands of people, we hope for a million, to become disciples. But if that million become disciples, that's not the end because we want those million disciples to make more disciples. Exactly. So millions, ultimately. Not, not following Dennis Feathers or Don Whaley or the rooftop, but following Jesus, that's the key. The, the, the great challenge is that whilst we do everything that we can to do this in a way which is not wasting any money at all, we don't have offices or, you know this, we don't have offices or massive admin staffs or anything like that. We don't pay people great salaries. The only payment people receive with the rooftop is, is funds they raise. So there's no one, there's no one who's just drawing money out of the rooftop. But in spite of all of that, the, the, the fact of the matter is that if you want to be in a hundred countries reaching at least a million people, there are some costs to it. And the challenge is for us that we don't have a, we don't have like a, a billionaire backer or we're not a denomination, we're not a large church. We haven't got any, anything like that where we've got in place a person or people that can just say, how much do you need? Here it is. So while it's true that we could reach a million people across the world for less than the budget of many local churches, <laughs> that's the truth. Yes. It's still a lot of money. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's what we grapple with, isn't it, as the leadership mm -hmm. of the rooftop, that we, it's, it's actually getting that right. But also a key thing, part of that challenge and opportunity is that what we don't want to become, and I make this clear to our pioneers all the time around the world, we don't want to become a and just a revenue stream for them. We don't want them to find things to do, so we'll send money to them. We want to be absolutely sure that our pioneers across the world really are engaging in the, the vision of becoming disciples, to make disciples, to make disciples, mm -hmm. helping churches to realign behind Jesus' mission and everything else. And so what we want to do is, is provide funds that help them to do that, but then help them to increasingly find ways of generating funds where they are in their countries. So they're not constantly dependent upon us to be the ones that make that happen. So those things, the opportunity is vast and the challenge is both financial, but it's also structural as well in that sense. We want to make sure we've got things in place that enable growth and development to lead and then funds to follow. I've always believed that ever since I did ministry, I used to lead another ministry for the rooftop called Visa Ministries. And we, we used to have a little equation that we used to use in our Visa Ministries that I came up with. It was my Brilliant idea. When I say this, accountants people probably just shriveling their suit. But I used to have this very simple equation. It was big M plus little M equals KV. And what it meant was ministry big plus money equals kingdom value. In other words, everything we do should be done because we believe it's the mission that God's given us to do. That's always what comes first. Plus little M is money. We need funds, but we never make the little M the big M, and then the big M the little M. Mm -hmm. We don't say, what ministry can we do to get money? We say, what ministry should we be doing? And to do that, we need money, and that equals what I call kingdom value. That's what God wants us to be doing. 
And I believe God knows what money, little m, we need to do the big M. And this part of the, ch the challenge is this big M is so big. Um, uh, but yeah, and, but, but I believe that God knows that. And I believe that we will receive what he wants us to receive because he knows what we need. And we, 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 we have an idea of what we need and we begin to look for that. But I trust that as we seek to find what we believe, what we believe God wants us to receive, I believe that God will do what he thinks is right. It may be that figure, it may be something else. Could be more, could be less. But I trust him for that. But I think that's why we had the, the equation big M plus little M, because our feeling was we can't just do the mission and never think about the money. You have to have some idea that this does cost. As you and I always say, if you get on an aeroplane to go and visit a country to, to share the vision of the rooftop, the airline doesn't let you on free because you're a Christian missionary. <laughs> they charge you exactly the same. Um, and, and food still costs and travel still costs and printing materials still costs and providing some sort of simple computers and even projectors and things for some of the people in the poorest part of the world. All those things cost. Um, they don't cost a lot, but you accumulate them like that over a hundred times, a hundred countries then multiple more cities and whatever, then you actually find that it is a lot of money. Yeah, it's quite significant. But it's actually not a lot of money to reach a million people. And that's mm. that's our opportunity and challenge all wrapped in together really. Yeah it is. And, and, and so I know one of the things, you know, we've we've always provided ways for people to partner with us, you know, in the sense of becoming a pioneer. Yes. Um, an ambassador, which you know, is that person at the local level yeah. representing the rooftop. Um, pioneers can be over a nation, they can be over a region of nations. Um, and then we have coordinators that can, you know, so we have, we've always, you know, while we were here this week at Seek Week, I probably had at least two or three conversations with people of all ages saying, how can we become a part of this movement? How do we, how do we connect with the rooftop? But I'm really excited because as we've been praying about, God, how do we, you know, do this in the sense of a million disciples of 100 countries, and, and God's given us some real clarity, even in the financial arena now, yes. of how to invite people to become a partner with us financially so we can reach mm. a million disciples plus yeah. who make disciples around the world. Mm. So what are some of the ways that now that yeah. people can be a part of that, even financially? You know, I'm so pleased that you talk about partner, you know, financial partners mm -hmm. rather than donors. Mm -hmm. or givers or something because I do really think that the financial part is just a part of the partnership it's part of what's needed it is. you need people to go and you need people to enable them to go and it's all it's all part of the same thing really and that to me is very important I never like to think that we're asking people to give us money I want us to realize the whole thing's a partnership <laughs> we we use the funds that people steward in ways that we want to steward as best as we can that's what we do mm -hmm. So how can people do that? Well, I think what we've, what we've developed is a way that, uh, of people doing it, which really we hope is kind of appropriate for what their resources are. So shall I start with the big, the big one? There are people um, in this world who have very significant resources. And some of them are people that are actually saying, I've got resources, I'd like to give them to something that is making a difference. And I do believe, um, I don't just, I know it, the rooftop, through all of its different people across the world, is making a difference. And so we, we, one, one way people could help, people with, I guess, what we call significant resources, we, we've, we've got this thing, we call it investment partners. People, people that would look at our overall plan 
and which is to raise $2 million, that's the plan, in the next three years, $2 million. They would look at a plan like that and they would say, I believe I could contribute something significant to that. $50,000, $100,000, a million dollars, I don't know. I don't know what these people's resources are, but there are people that have those resources. And if that's you looking for that, please look at us because that's, we, 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 I can say this, and John, you'd echo this with absolute, absolute integrity, that if you invested a significant amount of money into the rooftop, what we're doing, that money, we know that over 90% of every dollar given is being used to make a difference in this whole mm -hmm. thing. We're, we're not, we haven't got massive bills for offices and rent or any, anything, no, no fixtures and fittings. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's one way. Another way which we've developed is that as we're, as we're working in so many nations across the world, what we want to do is to incentivize our pioneers in these nations, but not to the point that they could just sit on their hands and keep having money sent to them. So we've come up with a figure which we think is actually small, but it's big enough to say to each nation we're working in, each year we'll, we'll actually provide you with 5,000 US dollars to go out to begin to equip, to train, to share the vision, to maybe buy some equipment, but not expensive, for the computer and the video and whatever. So you can begin to think as a pioneer, how can I use that money to really multiply this ministry? And we do that each year, um, they get that amount of money. And then our prayer, and we'll be helping them this as well, is as they begin to build it, then to say to the church they're working with, oh, you can contribute to this as well. Mm -hmm. But again, it doesn't sound like very much $5,000 a year. When you're actually in 100 nations doing it three years, multiply that and you begin to see that it becomes a lot of money. So, so one thing, another thing we're asking, John, is for people to become, we call them nation partners, where a person or maybe even a group of people, like mm -hmm. a, 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 a home group or a life group or a disciple group, as churches call whatever it is, they might say, we, would, we will for a year, we will say we'll be a nation, or for two years or three, we'll be a nation partner and provide the rooftop with $5,000 to cover the rooftop happening in a nation for a year. Mm -hmm. um, we would prefer you not to choose the nation because otherwise we might have 10 people wanting it to happen in the same nation. No, that's true. But we will, tell a problem. Them, we will tell who, if people do this, we will say to them which nation their $5,000 is being used in. Yes. And so there could even be some connections built mm -hmm. between those. And, and, and a local church may do this as well. It may be larger than a, a small group. Maybe a church would say out of its mission budget, they would give that and they would nominate a, to be a, a, a nation partner. And the third, the third way, we, we call that a ministry partner. Um, not everybody has quarter of a million dollars to give away or, or could afford $5,000 to give away, but they do have funds that they want to give to a ministry that's worthwhile and they believe is making a difference. And they can do that by giving whatever they feel appropriate, wherever they can. Um, they can do it on a monthly basis, they can do it as a special gift or whatever, but they can do it. So those are the three different ways that people can partner with us financially. And as I said, we've tried to make it something which is appropriate for the resources that people have. Um, and if they're not sure which one it should be, they can always contact us and ask us, we can talk to them about it. Um, and we can help them to to discover what it is that God wants them to do. We, we're not just going to try and get as much money out of them as we can. We'd like to help them to know what is the best thing to do if they'd like to ask us. And we'll talk it through with them and say, what do you really feel God has asked you to do? What do you really feel you have? We could then say, this is what they've enabled us to do. And then help them to work out what mm -hmm. they feel is the appropriate way of 
Because in the end, it's all God's. And, and I want to make sure that the money that we receive in this partnership is money that God has provided through a person that understands what we're about and really wants to help it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and you, you just said something that reminded me again. I usually use that when I'm talking to people about becoming a financial partner. Mm. I use that phrase that Stephen Shadrach uses called the God ask. Mm. That basically all we're asking is for you to ask God, yeah. God, what would you like me to do? Yeah. And, yeah. and because they're really giving to him through us. That. And, yeah. and that's that's biblical stewardship. And 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 so we would encourage you if you're watching and or listening, um, just and you're saying, Man, I'd love to be a part of this and do something, and just spend some time with God and say, God, what would you have me to do? And then as I tell people, and I said, then the next step, just do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. And if it's um, to give something, be obedient. If it's to simply say, all I can do is pray right now, which is amazing mm -hmm. in and of itself. That's a phenomenal gift. Pray, um, but just ask God and be a part of it. But these are exciting days. and Yeah, they are very, very exciting. Just to, we do people that do support or partner mm -hmm. with us financially, we do keep them in touch with what's happening. Yes. And we, we genuinely, we, I'll be honest with you, we don't get as much of this as we would like. But I always say to people that partner with financially, please feel free to speak into our ministry as well. You receive, we send out newsletters and things which people can read or watch on video. And if, if people receive them and see what we're doing and want to comment in a positive way or an exciting way or even a challenging way, we, we want it to be truly a partnership. We don't want just to be receivers of exactly. money. We want people to feel part of what's happening. And who knows, it may even lead to them becoming involved in some way. They may end exactly. up traveling with us to some nation somewhere across the world and actually seeing this thing taking place. So it's not just, that's, that's why I'm so pleased you call it partnership rather than donation because it's, this is about money being donated. But it's a much bigger context of partnership that is really what it's all about. Amen. Mm. Well, it's been good to have this time just to chat and catch yeah. up and um, we've been together all week, but... I know for so many people, we just needed these regular updates to say, here's what God's doing. Here's how you can be a part of it. Um, because um, we head into our 10th year and um, I can't wait to see what God has for us and the many, many more decades to come. As, <laughs> as, um, as, as God brings on even that younger generation, I don't know how many this week. Again, I had several of these 20 year olds say, how can we be a part of what's happening with the rooftop? And, right. and, and so these are exciting. So thank you for time. Thank you. Thanks, John. And thank you for thank you. Um, just a great week together in Michigan. And uh, be praying for us. Um, we are in the process of developing this uh, incredible partnership with Life Action. Yes. And so be praying for us as um, we are working through all the details of what that's going to look like in 2024. Yeah. Um, but thank you for the time. Thanks, John. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Michael, it's always a joy yeah. to spend time with Dennis and um, and to have those conversations where, you know, it's, it's it, again, it is hard to believe it's been 10 years since the rooftop was launched. And it's even more amazing to realize where God has taken us yeah. over the past 10 years to where we are today in over 60 nations. And, and man, it was just, it was great being with him that week, but also just ha spending this time with him. And one of the things he said that I think we've all noticed and is that there is this growing um, sense 
that we need to join Jesus in his mission across the globe. I think more and more pastors and more and more churches are awakening to the reality that it is not about Jesus joining us in our plans. (laughs) It's about us joining Jesus in his plans, his agenda, his mission. And, And we're hearing that from pastors when we do these gatherings across the world. You know, we'll have pastors say, you know, I am so guilty for so long of making plans with our staff and our leadership and asking God to come bless us in those plans. When in reality, we should be saying, God, show us what you're doing in our city and how do we join you in what you're doing? And it is exciting to see this growing sense as as Christians are waking up to that reality that we need to be joining Jesus in what he's doing in these days. And 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 that's what I think that's one reason we've seen the explosion across 60 plus nations. Yeah, I, 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 I find myself having this visual that as we have churches and pastors that begin to discover, you know, and we've talked about changing your, your prayer pattern to what the rooftop encounter is about. It's it's about seeking God. Speak mm-hmm. to me about what I need to do with you instead of me telling you what you need to do with me, because it's almost like you hear these prayers, like you said, Oh God, you know, love our city, care for our city, send someone into our city. And and God's kind of sitting there going, uh, yeah, (laughs) I love it. I'm asking you to go. (laughs) When are you going to do it? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's where we are. And it's that, it's that paradigm shift, the whole emphasis, of the rooftop encounter, uh, Dennis has shared it succinctly that there needs to be a paradigm shift that what he saw Mm -hmm. in Peter on the rooftop, and he doesn't mean this to be disparaging the church. He never, because his love for the church of Jesus is is uncompromising. But this sense that the church is more like Peter and his attitude towards the unkept lost Mm-hmm. The unseen lost. The we don't mm-hmm. want to identify with those kind of people lost. It's the same edit the church has today that Peter had towards Gentiles as a Jew. That we need the heart, we we're the ones that need the heart surgery and the heart transformation. And when the church begins to look beyond its itself, instead of being inward focused, outward focused, starts looking at the people that Jesus came to seek and to save. When that shift takes place and we begin asking God to give us his eyes to see what he sees, his heart to feel what he feels, mm. when we do that, that's when cities get transformed. Block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, city by city, region by region, state by state, till the whole world the, the, hears the gospel, which hasn't happened yet. Because if we don't do that as a church, I thought it was it was telling. He's, the church has gotten comfortable living in the sense of we're we're kind of like in this little state of decline. So the prayer is God, don't let us lose any more. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a default prayer that we're losing instead of a the default prayer that we're winning because God's told us we're winning. We've exactly. accepted decline as the norm. 
And I think I think you you're the one that said this, and I've heard you say it so many times. But it's understand the church needs an attitude of we get to do this with Jesus rather than I have to do this for Jesus. Amen. We've got to have that change because Satan wants us to be in chains mm-hmm. and we can be in chains about good things. If you still have an attitude, well, I have to do that. If a preaching says I have to do this, if it's no, Jesus said, I'm going to be with you. Take my yoke, learn f- of me, not from me, but of me. I think that's such a, an interesting little change <laughs> in words right there. Not learn from, but learn of. Learn about me. Learn who I am by, by being with me. And, and we, we've got to get there. And I think what's happening is we're, we're getting there. And it's, and it's happening in, in millennials and Gen Z. It is. It is. And so that, that's, that, that's going to be the difference because that's where it's happening. Yeah, we, we, we forget that there's freedom in Christ, not duty. Yeah. <laughs> and we've made, we've made evangelism about duty and something you, you need to go do. And yes, you need to do it, but there's a, there's a joy about doing it. I get to do this. I get to wake up every morning and join Jesus and what he's doing. And when that paradigm shift takes place, Mm-hmm. Then neighborhoods are changed, cities are changed, nations are changed, states are changed, um, lives are changed, yeah. and yeah. and I think and 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 that again, you know, I think the church keeps bowing down to two idols in America, especially because I can you can I can speak from the American context, yeah. and the two yeah. idols we're all guilty of bowing down to is convenience and comfort, and and we and we just kind of get used to the status quo instead of being dissatisfied by the status quo. And wanting more and pressing into the heart of God. I would um, have a, a third seat of that. We bow down and, and worship our churches. Yes. Yeah. They become idols in and of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Our buildings and the place where we meet and just the church itself. And one of the things, again, you know, we've talked about so often at the rooftop is how we have made evangelism a project rather than the focus of discipleship and how we've created this this unbiblical dichotomy and understanding that evangelism is at the very heart of discipleship. We disciple people to Jesus. That's the first part of discipleship. You're discipling people who do not know him to know him. Um, And I I think it's Cesar Kalinowski who says it so well. Discipleship (laughs) is moving people from unbelief to belief. for For the person that's lost, it's unbelief about Jesus to belief in Jesus and knowing him. And for those that are believers, it's moving them from unbelief in the areas where they're, where they're not sure about their identity and what it means to follow Jesus and moving them into areas of belief. So they are following Jesus and making disciples as well. Um, you know, we're called to make disciples. We're not called to make converts. And, and Jesus did this in public places where people were. Um, he, you know, yes, you see Jesus in the synagogue at times and in the temple at times. Most of the people that Jesus is encountering is on the street in the marketplace. And, and he was outside the walls of the institutions in order to meet people where they were. And, and that's where Jesus calls us to be. He calls us to be in the marketplace 
Um, he calls us to be on mission with him in school and wherever we are. Um, yeah. That's where it takes place as we make disciples who make disciples, leading people to Jesus and leading people in their walk with Jesus. And, 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 and part of that leading is walking with them, walking beside them, because disciple making is a lifestyle and it's a life on life. It doesn't happen in a classroom for six weeks. Um, you know, it's it's life. And I think that's important. So, I mean, this was a great conversation just to catch up, talk about some of the challenges and just some of the significant things that God is doing in the life of this ministry. Um, and we've got so many exciting things coming up in the days and weeks and months to come as well. So so thank you, all of you, for joining us today. And, and I hope and pray that this has been inspiring and encouraging as, as you try to join Jesus every day um, in his mission where you live, work, and play. I do want to encourage you, if you liked today's episode and you're watching this maybe on Facebook or YouTube, be sure to like it. Be sure to share it. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, the Rooftop TV, please do so so that you can get a notification every time there's a, a new a new episode released. And, and then if you're watching this on any of the other platforms like Spotify or Apple or um, CastBox, um, please leave a review uh, because that helps um, more and more people be exposed to rooftop perspectives each and every week. also want to encourage you to check out our website. Um, if you want to know more about the rooftop, what's happening around the world, um, where we're located, the mission, just go to our, our website, therooftop.org, and you can learn more about the rooftop and how you can become a part of the rooftop movement where you live today. And then last but not least, I want to remind you that next March, we are actually going to be in Dallas, Texas for our Discipleship Summit at Grace Community Church in Arlington. If you will go to therooftop.org, our website, and click on the summit button at the top of the page. You can find more information about how you can be a part of this summit in person or online as we spend two days together talking about what it looks like to make disciples beyond the walls of our church buildings in everyday life. So thank you for joining us today. We hope you have an incredible week as you join Jesus in his mission. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Rooftop Perspectives.